welcome. It's indisputable. I'm with you, I'm live. And I have on my anti-caring. Can y'all see that? It says anti-caring. Antica in the building. You can get these shirts, shoptyt.com. All right. Make a great gift, especially for the Karens in your family. Okay. All right. Breaking down news of the day, none other than Senator Nina Turner, former Ohio State Senator, TYT contributor. And in the bullpen, we're gonna mix it up close to the holidays. You deserve a break. My dear friend, Ted Terry, County Commissioner in DeKalb County, former mayor of Clarkston, Georgia, and a true progressive will be in the bullpen today to talk about solutions and policy and things he's been able to implement as a real progressive elected in Georgia of all places. All right, top story of the day, a black 11 year old child was strip searched and then put in a holding cell inside of a school. Let's go to the video that the child himself took while he was incarcerated inside of the school. Here it is. Damn shame, this is actually a thing and it is at West Intermediate Middle School in Michigan. Let's put up a picture of the mother and the son, all right? The mother obviously is upset about this. Cheyenne Johnson, 29 years of age, was shocked when her son Xavier, a sixth grader, all right? A student at West Intermediate Middle School in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, text a message for help while at school. This happened on November 19th, 2021. So literally, this school has a policy that says if there's a conflict in the classroom, they have the right to incarcerate the child, to strip search the child. And it gets even deeper than that. You think, okay, well, that's horrible, but there's more. Xavier, who was black and indigenous, was isolated in a windowless room with no desk, no chair, no schoolwork, nor adult supervision. School staff used a rubber doorstop to prevent the 11 year old from freeing himself. So literally, they locked him inside of this room. He still has access to his cell phone, so he decided to text message his mother, help, help. Here's why I am, he took a video of it. She's shocked, obviously. She's looking at this video like, is that my son inside of this room? There's more. Obviously, seclusion can be distressing to any child, but it is especially harmful for students like Xavier whose education is guided by what's called an IEP, Individualized Educational Plan. According to a 2019 report from the Center of Disease Control, suicide was the second leading cause of death for American Indian Alaska Native youth between the ages of 10 and 34. Further, racism, discrimination, and pressure to assimilate to white culture and standards increases the risk of suicide and self-harm for both indigenous and black youth. He is both indigenous and black, double whammy on the statistics here. 
According to the Michigan Department of Education, the Office of Special Education, IEPs are created for each public school student who receives special education programs and services. Moreover, IEPs are legally binding documents with guidelines established by Congress through the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. So let's analyze what's happening so far. You have an 11 year old black kid, this 11 year old kid is in a special education program. He has a guideline that has been signed and agreed to by his teachers, the administrator and likely the mother. Obviously it does not include this incarceration, okay? Now, here's what happens next. An employee at Isabella County Jail in Mount Pleasant told the Black Wall Street Times that even detainees have access to designated areas to sit and rest throughout the entire intake process. A basic show of dignity not afforded to Xavier by the Mount Pleasant Public Schools District. Upon seeing the video, here's what happened. Upon seeing the video, Cheyenne Johnson, the mother, said she felt physically ill. I bet she did. I thought, is my kid in a holding cell? Question mark. The barren room appears to have been the school's version of in-school suspension received for an alleged minor altercation with another student. The 11 year old child was locked in an empty room seemingly to serve time. In solitary confinement, rather than what should have been a reduced version of the normal school day throughout an <coughs> in-school suspension in his middle school. Here's another part of it that makes it even more egregious. If he needed to use the restroom, he was told he could ask and he would be taken to the restroom at the discretion of a school staff member. The school to prison pipeline theory feels a whole lot shorter when you hear stories like this. Additionally, Xavier alleges that a school staffer told him that he would contact the police since he was texting his mother from the room. The student felt intimidated and retaliated against by the staffer after reporting his harsh experience to his mother. Okay, mother is speaking out, she's making noise as she should. But guess what? I did some digging on this story. Not the first time it has happened. Not the first time it has happened to Xavier, nor is it the first time this has happened, period, in that school system. They literally have a jail cell inside of the damn school building, and they have been utilizing this jail cell as a corrective measure to remedy behavior inside of the school system. That is your pipeline to prison in operation inside of the school. It's a damn shame. Not only do children go to school for academic curriculum, they go there for social development. What do you think you're socially teaching the child? What kind of educator are you? And I know we can talk about the district, we can talk about the policy, but let me talk about these school teachers who allowed this to happen. You all are scum, period. And I know you may say, well, it's not me who did it, I wasn't the teacher. 
That had nothing to do with me, but you knew about it. You knew about it and your silence is deafening, definitely to me and to many others. Senator, what are your thoughts on this story? I mean, Doc, you built the case magnificently. And although this was not the first time, I hope to God it is the last time. Heads need to be rolled, people need to be fired, trainings, everything, everything. We bring in calling on everyone and bringing in every technique that is necessary. Yeah, this is a real life version of the school to prison pipeline. And we know that African American children are disproportionately represented in that pipeline. That's right. And especially African American boys. And our children, I want people to understand this, wrap their minds around this, that black children, and as you know, that Xavier is both black and indigenous, yeah. black children are, are treated more often than not as older than what they really are. And when that happens to a child, society does not give that particular child, black children, we're talking about in this case, the ability to grow up. They don't get the same leeway, they don't get the same mercy, they don't get the same justice. And we see that repeated over and over and over again from childhood all the way to death. And you know, the Government Accountability Office, um, you know, did a report and they they recently spotlighted that spotlighted the ratio and ethnic disparities in school discipline. But we already knew that, but it's good to have several studies uh, to back that up. But more immediately, Doc, I hope mama sues the hell out of them. I would have came up in that school like the Tasmanian devil, baby. They would have called the police (laughs) on me. Go ahead, lock me up, baby. I'm coming for you. Whoever is in my way when I get there, all behinds will be whipped on my way to get my baby up out of that school. That's right, and this is why lawsuits are important. Lawsuits are important, not because or just because of the punitive aspect of what a lawsuit can do, but because it can change policy in the future. It can literally change laws, it can change policy, and it can transfer people out of particular establishments who should not be there in the first place. Governor DeSantis, you know what he wants? He wants parents in Florida who are typically bigoted to sue teachers who are typically teaching the real history in America. That's what he wants. He doesn't want the government to do it. He wants parents who think like him to do his dirty work. So let me bring you to the Stop Woke Act. Yep, Stop Being Woke Act is basically what it is. Do these people know that if you're not woke, you sleep? They want you to be asleep. That's the idea. They can do what they want to do if you sleep. If you're woke, they can't because you are aware of their tendencies. All right, let's go to the video. You think about what MLK stood for. He said he didn't want people judged on the color of their skin, but on the content of their character. You listen to some of these people nowadays, they don't talk about that. He's lying, Governor DeSantis is lying. Dr. King in the context of their speech was talking about what a just society will look like. That one day, one day in the future, it's not here today, wasn't here when he said it either. He was talking about a future goal to reach for, content of character rather than color of skin. Great idea, but Dr. King's context was clear, we have not arrived at that level, we're not there today. Another thing, Dr. King said, America was more racist than he ever imagined. 
That's what Dr. King said, that came out of his mouth. They tend to forget these realities of Dr. King. He also talked about universal basic income, said black people in order for there to be a significant shift in the way this country has dealt with black folk, there has to be a universal basic income for all black people in the United States of America. Dr. King supported that. Dr. King supported significant progressive measures, talked about the reality of gradualism, how it hurts us. He would have been totally antithetical to Governor DeSantis. And the truth is his teachings already are. The teachings that people like Governor DeSantis would like to quote to you was part of the development and maturity of Dr. King. And much of it they use is taken completely out of context. Remember when Dr. King was alive, only 6% of white America agreed with him, okay? Only 6%, that's based on an NBC study. All right, let me give you some background to this new Stop Woke Act. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, a Republican obviously, announced the Stop Woke Act legislation intended to stop schools from teaching critical race theory, which by the way is not taught in K through 12 education. A body of legal and academic scholarship that aims to examine how racism and desperate racial outcomes have shaped by public policy via often implicit social and institutional dynamics. None of that is taught in K through 12 education, all right? Probably should be though. I can make a case for it, but it's not, all right? So nothing burger, not taught there. Uh, Critical race theory is taught in colleges, not in public schools, and certainly not to young children. But DeSantis has continued to push these falsehoods as he continues to court conservatives who've uh, given in to these conspiracies at a time when efforts to reposition the consequences and legacy of slavery as elements vital to the historical narrative continue to gain traction. This is classic group status downgrade. Group status downgrade is a social theory that says when a particular group believes that their status is going through a downgrade process because where they were was artificial, you will see things like this happen, okay? So this is basically white privilege screaming for dear life. That's what you're seeing in real time. The reality is critical race theory has never been taught in K through 12 education. A major study was done across the entire country that showed 96% of educators are not even aware of how to teach the theory, nor are they qualified, nor do they do it. 4% of educators actually know what the theory is. They have been trained on the theory, but they do not teach it in a public school setting. All right, um, Nina Turner, you see what's happening here. Yeah, I mean, we barely get black history taught. Exactly. In general, let's know the specialization, and it is a specialization of critical race theory. Governor DeSantis, but he's incapable of this doc, but I'm gonna say it anyway, needs to be ashamed of himself. To invoke the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in the way that he did does a disservice to his life, to his legacy, to all the things that he was fighting for. He was fighting against the very injustice that DeSantis is standing up for. It always boggles my mind how people, a lot of white people in particular, and sometimes it's Republican, sometimes it's Democrat, but they always use that particular quote of Dr. King, but they don't wanna dig into the radical King uh, as written by Dr. Cornell West in his book, The Radical King. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. stood up for a type of truth, and he told this nation exactly what it is and what it, exactly what it had to do to restore its soul. And you know, another part of the, you know, I have a dream speech when Dr. King said, "We can never be satisfied as long as the Negro is the victim of the unspeakable horrors." Dot 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 dot. He went on to lay out those right. unspeakable horrors. 
They were police brutality, they were social, they were economic, they were political. So Dr. King really put a mirror up to America and said, here are your sins and here is what you must do to repent. And it was nothing like DeSantis just laid out there. He just flat out, he don't even understand Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I'm gonna tell you something, Doc, he ought not ever quote Reverend Dr. King again. Yeah, and I really hope he gets in an interview platform where he's challenged on some of these notions. Naturally, Dr. Yeah. King was woke. Dr. That's King it. was was among the wokest. And you got to see his maturity in real time, where at one time he really believed that white America was ready to unify. And then later yeah. in an interview, he said, I was wrong. America yeah. is more racist than I ever believed it to be. Okay, that's all right. right. And he called out white uh, liberals too, saying he that sure they were worse than the Ku Klux Klaner. You know, so come on now. That's right. All right, that's truth. Okay. Um, you know, Republicans have become so accustomed to lying that they're willing to lie about the smallest things. This is just the silliest thing I've seen. There's a GOP gubernatorial candidate named Dr. Scott Jansen. Okay, this campaign has a video. The video is supposed to be images of how great Minnesota is. But somebody did the research and they found that none of these pictures are actually pictures from Minnesota. So let's go to the first video, here's the ad. Minnesota is a marvel. Its natural beauty and rich history are like none other in the world. We've seen companies built here, lives changed here, and history made here. But the most impressive part about Minnesota is its people. We sometimes forget the intrinsic greatness found in the hearts of Minnesotans. The politics of the last couple decades have clouded it. But our farmers and miners continue to steward our land and create value for the rest of the world. Our parents and teachers sacrifice to make the lives of our kids better. From the Iron Range to the Twin Cities to the prairies of Southern Minnesota, our people want the same thing. A fair shake, a safe neighborhood, and the freedom to pursue a future. That's what a Scott Jensen administration would mean to Minnesota families. All right, he's obviously running for political office in the Ukraine. Let's put it up, first picture. The screenshot on the left is from a video claiming to be from a state park, but it's actually Spain based. That's just one, put up the next one. The screenshot on the left is from a video claiming to be from Minnesota, but the screenshot on the right was taken in the Ukraine. Let's put up another one. Not the people. I mean, damn, Scott, you couldn't even get the Scott. I know you know at least one Asian person in Minnesota, Scott. The screenshot on the left is claiming to be from Egan, Minnesota. The screenshot on the right is actually from a Thailand based account. I got another one. That this should outrage all white people in Minnesota. 
Scott, who's running for governor, did not have a picture, a video of people that play hockey. Now I know if you're in Minnesota, you take hockey seriously, okay? This should tank his campaign right here. Let's put the picture back up. Uh, the screenshot on the left is from a video claiming to be from Minnesota. It's actually from Russia, a Russia-based account. Okay, here's what one politician had to say about the stock images in the campaign ad. It's embarrassing that Scott Jensen can't tell the difference between Rochester and Russia. But I'm not surprised. Ken Martin, Minnesota Democratic Farmer Labor Party chairman said in a statement, Jensen has spent over a year lying about the pandemic to try to get booked on Fox News. Despite the harm COVID misinformation is causing the state and across the country. They spent a few thousand dollars promoting this video, likely spent more money even making it, damn shame. Senator? Yeah, definitely spent more money making it. Politics <laughs> 101, know the geography of the mm. area that you're running in. I agree with you, Doc, he needs to go ahead and just hang it on up, drop off the brakes right now. Yeah, yeah. Save, save yourself. Save yourself while you can. All right, we got more on the other side. Is indisputable stick and stay. All right, good to be back. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? I feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. This particular Karen called the bounce of the N word, physically assaulted him, and spat. At the bouncer, we know who she is. Let me expose it. This happened in Birmingham. No, not that Birmingham, but it would fit. This happened in the UK, Birmingham. A woman who hurled a torrent of racial abuse at a black Weatherspoon's doorman and spat at him, broke down in tears today, and she was jailed for 14 weeks. Let's put up a mugshot, courtesy of the West Midlands Police. All right. Okay. She pushed Mr. Price, 26 years of age, was working on the door of the pub when he was alerted to four women being rowdy around 9.30 p.m. All right, let's show a screenshot of the initial interaction, all right? And then after she hurled the N-word. Yeah, totally different demeanor. Prosecutor Sarah Wolf said Mr. Price went to the group, which included Miss Walker, who you just saw, and requested that they leave. But they claimed there was a lost mobile phone somewhere. Sharna Walker, 25 years of age, flew into a rage and started screaming at the doorman, Tristan Price, when he kicked her out of the bar in Birmingham. All right, you have to go. The tirade was caught on camera as she pushed the security guard and called him a black mm and an effing 
N-word in front of shocked onlookers. Walker of Worcester then spat at him outside of Weatherspoon's figure of eight bar on Birmingham's bustling Broad Street. This was on May 22nd earlier this year. All right, now Walker, Walker was jailed, okay? You know why Walker was jailed? Because of the district judge that I'm going to highlight. Walker was jailed after she pleaded guilty to racially aggravated common assault. Let me say that again, racially aggravated common assault. We don't have that here in America, we should, all right? We don't have that here. Racially aggravated common assault and criminal damage in connection to smashing the pub's door. District Judge John Bristow told her, and I quote, you are a risk to the public. The appropriate punishment is immediate custody. This conduct was serious. Only immediate custody is justified. I am sending you to prison for 14 weeks. I have reduced your sentence because of your plea. That was the reduced version of the sentence. All right, now you do realize that this woman, let's put up a picture again, that she received more time than those who committed acts of terrorism against the United States government. I mean, just sit on that for a moment. They do things a little different in the UK, I see. All right, Senator Turner, what are your thoughts? Oh, they not playing. Not at all. (laughs) I listen, kudos to that judge, and I'm with you, Doc. Racially aggravated common assault, baby. We need <laughs> right. to work on that in right. the United States of America. First of all, chick, man, when you spit on somebody in the hood, mm. do you know what you're asking for? I mean, that is one of the worst things that you could ever do to somebody is spit on them. And thank God that this young man had the professional temperament. Yeah, because it is a natural inclination to defend yourself when somebody else is attacking you. And it just kills me how women think they can just put their hands on men. Let me just say this, not advocating for men to put their hands on women, but women need to understand you don't get carte blanche to just put your hands on a man and then also to spit on this man. And then you default to what universal universal carenicity is all about, racial mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, carenicity is universal, Doc. It is. It is. It is it's a pandemic. Yeah, it for is. sure. It's global. All wild, all yeah. over the world. All right. Uh, I've rented a car before that had expired tax. Okay, and I've literally said, "Listen, the car got expired tax." Rent a car place says, "Hey, it's okay. It's cool." When they check the paperwork, there's no problem. Well, there's a New York man who was beaten up. Let's go to the video first. Okay, this New York man is suing LA County Sheriff's deputies, the department included, for this violent assault because of a traffic stop. All right, I'm gonna give you more background, okay? Um, The LA Sheriff's office is now being accused of excessive force after beating up the man you just saw. Okay, now let's put up a picture of Mr. Andre Olivas. He was the man that was attacked by the deputies. I'm going to give you background as to what happened to Andre. Andre, who's from Buffalo, New York, 
is suing the LA County Sheriff's Office, multiple deputies and the sheriff himself after a cell phone video showed deputies holding the man down and hitting him in the head during a traffic stop for expired tags in Long Beach, California. All right, you saw how they were punching this guy in the head, right? Obviously, Andre, who was black, was pulled over while leaving a gas station because the vehicle he rented for work-related use had expired tags, the outlet reported. The 28-year-old told reporters that he was in Southern California trying to expand his business. He owned a transport and moving company. However, things soon took a violent turn when he could not find the registration and deputies told him to step out of the vehicle. He said this to Fox 11 in an interview that when he responded by asking to speak to a supervisor, which you can speak to a supervisor, the deputies attacked him. Jesus says he was hit several times and restrained to the point that he could not breathe. After slamming me on the hood of his car, he started to mace me near my face, noting that at times he almost lost consciousness. Oh My God, I'm scared. I'm just trying not to do anything to make them think I'm trying to struggle a fight. He recalled of the incident. The man claims the incident left him <clears throat> with permanent brain and emotional trauma. He said, and I quote, I kind of feel like that's what really escalated it, was me asking to speak to a supervisor. Everything I wanted to do was comply and give them the information they needed. To be honest, I was scared for my life. I didn't know what was going on because it was without warning, all right? They have filed an official suit as of December 8th, good for them. However, we have very little detail about what will happen in this case or has happened so far. Senator, thoughts? Racially aggravated common assault. Yep, there you go. There it is right there, it fits. Yeah, all right. We got more on the other side indisputable stick and stay. What's happening? Welcome back. We got a lot of comments. Let's get to it. All right. Uh, TYT member Lynn says, I was enjoying my lunch until I saw Karen hurling racist insults and spit. Lost my appetite. I'm sorry about that, Lynn. V, notice they always cry when they're in court. Hmm. Yep. Um, Midnight Ben says, I got pulled over once because the cop was bored. He told me it was, he probably said show me night. Looked at my license but never ran it. Yeah, it happens. Okay, um, school boards all over America are in danger. Yeah, there's a parent that punched a school board member in the face. I got the video, here it is. <laughs> This happened in Connecticut, but I will say this. First of all, I'm cool with the guy pushing, the board member pushing the parent away from him. 
All right, you get that close to somebody, you should expect that to happen. Now, I wanna play the video again because I want you to pay close attention to how the board member got right back up. That man can take a punch, here it is. Small things to a giant. All right, here it is. A Connecticut school board member was slugged in the face. Why? Because of a mascot. There was a debate about a mascot during the board meeting. Glassenberry High School, they have what's called a Native American inspired mascot, right? Uh, the dust up between parent Mark. Cairo and board secretary Ray McFall took place during a 10 minute recess after tempers flared amid a public comment period about the Tomahawks name, which was changed last year to the Glassenberry Guardians. The school's team logos were also switched from a Tomahawk, which many found offensive to a Knight's helmet. The committee was formed to consider changing the Tomahawks name and logo in the wake of nationwide protests following the murder of George Floyd, an unarmed black man who was killed by Minneapolis police officers. The choice was all but solidified when the National Congress of American Indians contacted the board and requested that the Tomahawk logo and mascot be phased out, all right? Lieutenant Mark Davis, of the Glastonbury police told the Daily Beast that the department is investigating the altercation. No charges have been filed, but our investigation is ongoing at this point. There was another report that said likely both men will be arrested. Why? Why would both men be arrested? Clearly, the individual who represents the school board had a reason to push a man off of his body. What is there to investigate? And when you hear narratives like this, here's the reality. The local police, they're down with what the man did when he punched him in the face because they probably, they wanna keep all of these symbols of the Native American symbols that are offensive to our brothers and sisters who are indigenous to the country. They would like to see this continue, okay? So they agree, just think about it, think about this. If a white female, now I really want you to take your mind here. If a white female had a man that close to her, pressing her body, she pushes him. He, he decks in the face, who goes to jail? The reason why it's easy to see who goes to jail in that situation is because all of a sudden your mind becomes objective rather, rather than subjective, okay? Objectively, the man who punched the school board representative should be incarcerated now, period. But this is why the FBI and Department of Justice and others are saying to local jurisdictions, if you need our help, let us know. All right, Senator Turner, what do you see here? Yeah, there it is. I mean, that school board member, you right. I mean, it was like slow motion. That brother, he got right up. Let him know. <laughs> you ain't, you ain't, hey, I ain't phased by your foolishness. But there is an arm length rule, at least in the African American yeah. community. Like, don't don't invade my space. That's 
vitally important and especially important as we battle a COVID. But that that guy had no right to put his hands on the school board member. He had every right to say, "Hey, give me some space." And that there's a consciousness, you know, both invoked by the the murder of George Floyd, but there has been a movement ongoing for a very long time. And I can use Cleveland, Ohio, as an example. The Cleveland Indians. It has been decades since there have been groups of indigenous people and their allies protesting that name. And finally, that name is no more. It is wrong to use indigenous people as mascots. And then the mainstream culture acts as if they're doing indigenous people a favor. you dehumanizing them. And so I'm really glad to see that that name was changed. And yeah, some folks don't like it. The same thing here in Cleveland. They tried to hold on yeah. to the Cleveland Indians for dear life. Yeah, and and it really shows the level of racism associated with this stuff. To think yes. to think that a parent will punch someone because of renaming a mascot, right? There yeah. are school buildings that get renamed. There are streets that get renamed. You know, people rename things all the time, right? There are cars that get redeveloped, renamed. But all of a sudden, when it comes to something like a, a Native American offense, yeah. they now want to actually physically fight somebody. Well, we know what that's about. We know exactly yeah, we what do. that's about. All right. It's ethnocentrism, you know, it, it's just right. a whole bunch of stuff, but yeah. Yep, yep. All right, um, one of the most horrific things I've seen in a very long time, okay? A black female goes into a store, she's been shopping here for years, right? It's a pet store, she buys a product, it's defective, okay? She goes to return it, she just wants her $20 back, she wants a refund. Here's what happens when she demands a refund. We don't, we're not interested in anything with your store. We don't want to spend anything. We just want our money back to take it elsewhere to an actual place that cares about its customers and we its animals. We care about our customers, but we're not going to let Hold you on. Hey, here. actually, just go ahead and leave. Okay, yeah. well, can I have my money hey, back? No, you're going out the door. Can I have my no, money back? No, she's going out the door. Go. She's going out can the I door. Money back? I'm telling you, can I have my money back? Damn door. Get the out of my Can I have my money back, please? let that stand. So here's what we're going to do here. The name of the company is Exotics and Aquatics. It is in the state of Virginia. R-A-R-O-A-N-O-K-E County, Virginia. All right. Um, Judea Strong is the name of the woman who was attacked. She's the victim here. Let me show you the pictures of her injuries. Her attacker 
His name is Daniel Joel Rose and keep her injuries up. Daniel Joel Rosen, her attacker, was found not guilty of assault and battery despite evidence to the contrary. Ms. Strong suffered bruising and lacerations. Rosen, who stands six feet tall and weighs 300 pounds, gave Ms. Strong a concussion in addition to those bruises and cuts. Let me read the narrative to you. His, Rose's mom, tries to grab me and throw me out. I tell them, don't put your hands on me, Strong told the station. They continue to approach. Several people are trying to hold him back. He's absolutely enraged. He literally picks me up off the ground, carries me over to the door and throws me out. Let's put up a picture of her injuries again. This is white, white mob violence. White mob violence. So let me remind you of what was happening. They were going to give her the refund. The product was defective. And then everybody changed when the one guy comes in enraged. Everybody in that store turn against her. One person, sounds familiar? Rosen seems to deny these accusations. Rosen, however, claimed that Strong tripped and fell over the rug at the front door. That's the affirmative defense, that she fell over the rug at the front door and denied that she was injured, the station reports. A police officer who reviewed the store's surveillance video reportedly testified in court that Rosen also placed his foot on Strong's chest. But when the officer told Rosen that he had kicked Strong, he replied, no, I used my foot to to just push her out. She was trespassing, okay? The case against Rosen had been dismissed in court. The local DA told the station that his office determined Rosen's use of force was unreasonable and exceeded that which was legally justified under the circumstances. However, the county judge disagreed and found Rosen not guilty. Now, how did this happen? Well, the attorney for Mr. Rosen said, we don't need to do a regular jury trial. We'll just do a trial by judge. Why do you think the attorney made that decision? Do you think the attorney in this town knows the judge? Hmm? Do you think the attorney is aware of how the judge would respond <laughs> to a trial by judge here? All right. Um, it gets deeper. Let's go to their uh, <laughs> Facebook account. Let's go to their social media. Let's do that. Let's go to their social media, exotics and aquatics. Uh, what are they saying? Savagery and murder, an epidemic of black violence against elderly whites. Trump, the coming landslide, ancient prophecy documentary of Trump. These are some real Trumpites, all right? Let's go to the statue of George Floyd, a murder victim, right? What are they saying? Mommy, who's that statue? The man in the tank top. Well, that's St. George of Fentanyl. 
he died resisting police after passing counterfeit money because he had a system full of fentanyl and meth. But before that, he beat women, et cetera, et cetera. Ridiculous, right? All right, you see, you see who they are, okay? You see who they are. Uh, Senator Turner, what are your thoughts here? I mean, Doc, with this, I can't. It was chilling. It was horrifying yes. to watch and to both listen to. Um, by the mentality of these people, unless they had a sign up that said, you get no refunds. She had every right to ask for a refund. Even if they did have a sign up saying no refund, they had no right to treat her like that. So That's just right. kind of remind me of the mentality. They probably were calling her uppity Negro and some other things. I used the word Negro. Yep. Um, that mob mentality that you talked about. And I think this is a situation where we need racially aggravated common assaults. We need charges. That. That's right. We need those charges. charges now. And then lastly, what Minister Malcolm X said about how black women are treated. The most disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. This woman had been a customer at that establishment for over two years. That's a shame. Now we should do a petition. They need to boycott that place. Let's let's yeah. you know. Let's do something. Yeah. We'll do we something. Got, we have All right. To. Okay. Okay. A sheriff, let's put up his picture. A sheriff in Bingham County has been charged with felony aggravated assault after threatening a youth group with a gun. All right. Um, his name is Craig Rowland. We got a picture of Sheriff Rowland. Look at him. All studious. Well, a group of seven girls between age 12 and 16, along with their adult chaperone, was handing out the thankful turkeys in Roland's neighborhood in the city of Blackfoot. The activity involved pinning the turkey notes to doors and then ringing the occupant's doorbell and running away, leaving them to find this great message. When the girl stopped at Roland's house, he allegedly told his wife to go fetch him his gun because he was fearing of a potential home invasion by these 12 year old girls with thank you notes. Okay. Even after finding the note on his door, now he realizes what it is. He found the note, these are children, it's a turkey thing happening. Roland is said to have assumed something nefarious was afoot. And pursued a vehicle he saw taken off down the road. I reach in and pull the driver out by the hair. Roland was quoted as telling investigators, I say, who the F are you? And I do have a gun in my hand, but I still have my tr trigger on the side. Well, that, that makes all the difference there, Roland. You just chased down a chaperone of 12 to 16 year old girls, pulled the driver out by the hair, used your gun, uh, but it's all good, Sheriff, because you had your finger on the side. Makes it all better. Um, the woman at the other end of Roland's gun was reportedly a longtime family friend who was supervising the youth group's holiday activity. But he said he didn't recognize her according to the report. He is said to have admitted to consuming what? An alcoholic beverage, and more than one likely that night, but said he was not drunk. And that he ended up letting the group leave. Members of the youth group offered a slightly different version of events, 
reportedly telling investigators Roland had held his gun just inches away from their adult chaperone's head before saying, and I quote, I will effing shoot you. When first questioned about the incident, the sheriff reportedly admitted to Blackfoot police that he had, and I quote, really screwed up. But blamed his behavior on threats he said he and his wife had received that left him on edge and Native Americans. Yeah, that's what he said. I have been doing this job for 36 years. I've had drunk Indians drive down my cul-de-sac. I've had drunk Indians come to my door. I live just off the reservation. We have a lot of reservation people around us that are not good people, all right? Uh, Roland is due back in court December 22nd, first appearance, still holds the position of sheriff, has taken a leave of absence. Uh, he's a ridiculous individual. Uh, sorry, excuse for a law enforcement officer. Senator? Yeah, definitely me. If I was running against him, I'll just play that. I'll, I'll just, That's it. that would be my whole campaign slogan yeah. against him. And then to blame the Native American community for his behavior is just beyond the pale. But this, again, to me, this is an example of Karenicity. It really is. It is. Blame it on the alcohol. Right. Hello, somebody. All right, Senator, always a pleasure having you on Indisputable. Tell people how they can follow you and check out your great work. Well, the pleasure is all mine, Doc. They can catch me on Twitter at Nina Turner, on the gram at Nina Turner Ohio, and on Facebook, Nina Turner. Thank you so much. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, remember, Take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable.